Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Successful Mentalist podcast. My name's Ashley Green, but of course I'm only one half of this awesome podcast because I'm joined by none other than my best friend and the amazing co-host that is. And he asked for it last time. Do, 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 do. It is Aidan O'Sullivan. That's how you do it. You you beg publicly on a public platform and you get what you want. So that jingle is back and it is here to stay. I also love the fact that I've got an amazing now. Uh, suddenly the ego turn has happened and now I'm obsessed with myself and a fancy intro. However, this is not about me. This is also not about you. It's not about us, to be honest. It's it's about Rick. It's about, it's about Rick. Mm. You, you know, like long-term listeners, Rick... He sent a question in last week, and we answered, well, we answered half of it last week. Well, we're picking up where we left off. There's another part to his question, but for those of you who haven't actually managed to listen to that past episode yet and have no idea who Rick is, Ashley, who is Rick? Yeah, Rick's one of you. He's one of the TSM listeners who listens to the podcast. He messaged me, and he had this amazing question. He sent it in, and me and Aidan looked at it, and we went... Wow, there's a lot to unpack. So we actually broke it down and the answers we gave were split into two podcast episodes today and last week. So, of course, I would advise, as you said, Aidan, if anyone hasn't listened to that, check out last week's episode before you listen to this one and then come back and join us. But if you have listened, just as a quick refresher, let's play the question. So you're on side, you understand what Rick sent us, and then we're going to unpack a little bit more of that question. One issue I keep bumping into is how do I structure a good, strong, high-impact mentalism show without the effects starting to seem redundant and repetitive to the audience? So there we are. That's a really, really great question from Rick. And last week, we, we kind of saw two elements to that, the strong, high-impact mentalism show and also one that uh, doesn't feel redundant and repetitive. Well, last week we spoke about the redundant, repetitive nature in terms of actually structuring your show. But today in this episode, we're actually going to be looking at how to make sure that the show is strong. It's got high impact. It's actually a good, solid show. And I think the reason we kind of wanted to split it in two is because a lot of the time we put the attention in the wrong place. We we spend a lot of time sitting and thinking about, oh my gosh, how can I make the best mentalism show? How can I make the best mentalism show? And we jump to doing better tricks or cooler tricks. And 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 that's, that's kind of it. We just do more and more tricks. And we think that the best way to make a mentalism show better or a magic show better is to do more tricks, is to put more tricks in there, put better tricks in there. And I'll be honest, that's only a small fraction of the actual overall thing. So if we can refocus our attention, which is what we're doing in this episode, to the things that really matter, the things that are really going to give you a strong, high-impact magic or mentalism show, then you are golden. Yeah, one thing you've mentioned there, we've got to refocus our attention, but what about the audience's attention? Like, what about actually, what are you doing for them? Like, is it an online show? 
there's 16 people there, there's 40 people there, there's 300, 500, 1,000, the same as in a live show. Aiden, as you've said in past podcast episodes, every single thing I do in my show is always focused around what do I do to get the audience actually involved, doing something, engaged, because that, when they're doing stuff in their own home, in an online show, maybe when they're doing stuff in the seat of the theatre, that is going to help make it a little bit more higher impact for them because they're like, oh my gosh, it's happening to me. This is me right now in this moment. I'm doing a crazy thing. I'm drawing this thing down. Oh my gosh, the show. How did, how did he know this would happen? I drew this in my house. I did this thing while sat in the chair of the theatre. I, I think engagement with the audience actually caring about them, wanting to do stuff with them. I really think it helps with this. And, and this kind of links into a lot of a lot of public speaking stuff, doesn't it? Which comes out there like actually captivating people straight away, actually going in and 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 getting people involved, getting people on your side straight away, doesn't it? For those of you who haven't actually managed to listen to Eric Edmead's podcast episode uh, with us, by all means, go and have a look at that now. It's called The Art of Public Speaking. And Eric is an incredibly popular uh, public speaker he's he's toured with tony robbins he's done a lot of big events and public speaking is perhaps the most powerful tool that you can have to well your entire life it's it's a tool for everywhere whether that's in specific small meetings or actually on stage or in performance and a lot of the time we think that just because we're we've done a bunch of stage shows we're good enough at, at speaking in public and and the big misconception that is often kind of out there is that if you do enough shows you become confident and when you become confident you're a good public speaker well that couldn't be further from the truth because it's not all about confidence confidence is just a tiny little piece of the puzzle confidence is what's going to give you that energy to get you up on the stage and through the stage uh, atmosphere the the real keys in public speaking are so varied it's actually looking at how you're talking, your voice, your actual, the way you deliver things, whereabouts are you on the stage? So the staging of your talks, that's something incredibly powerful as well. Because if you're stood on the same spot for two hours flat, the audience are going to be watching the same thing. But if from different points of the show, you're telling stories and you're moving to different points on the stage, then they've got somewhere to focus. And it's interesting because you, your eyes follow motion. And when your eyes are attracted to something and you're following some motion, you, you concentrate on it, you pay attention to it. So actually, if you want a strong, high-impact show that your audience gives a damn about, first things first, move around. Don't just stand still in the spotlight all the time. And we're not saying sprint backwards and forwards from each end of the theatre, although I do know performers that have done that. And it is absolutely hilarious, but they've done that because it's hilarious and they've made a choice. But mastering public speaking, if you haven't spent time studying public speaking, even as a well-trained performer, seasoned pro of 10 years, there's still more to learn. There's still more to improve on because you could just change so many little tweaks, so many little things here and there and include storytelling in that as well. Tell better stories. Embed that was all as one thing. And by exploring that, you're going to be able to connect with your audience, just as Ashley said. It's the connection through the public speaking that's going to allow you to do anything you want. You want a high-impact show? Give them a high-impact show, but serve it straight to them. Don't let it have to be interpreted. If you're just doing a good show and they have to think about it and then really get it in their heads, 
it's likely not a good show for your audience. So being able to think about where the attention is from your perspective and your audience is fundamental. But there's a specific element of public speaking that we can focus on. And that's the actual emotions involved with what it is that we're sharing. Because, Rick, you've asked for a strong, high-impact mentalism show. How do you create a strong, high-impact mentalism show? Well, the strength is going to come from knowing what the actual impact is. And if you want a high-impact, a strong, high-impact show, well, you've got to know exactly what the impact you're going to deliver is. And if you want people absolutely rolling off of their chairs in absolute hysterics, then you focus on that and you, you master your public speaking to tailor it to something like comedy or or maybe there's another emotion maybe you want your audience absolutely so connected with you on a deep emotional level so maybe that's where you bring it in but i want to i, I want to bring this to comedy because that's something that a lot of people don't understand i know a, a lot of performers and i'm going to put my hands up here and say i'm guilty of it as well if you are a naturally funny person you just have a laugh with a lot of people and you can make people laugh a lot then there is a very easy thing, and this is just me talking about myself here now, and I'm generalising in the hope that somebody else in the audience connects with it. If not, it's just me. But it's very, very easy to presume that you're just going to be funny on stage, just because you're naturally funny in a in a casual environment. And a lot of the time, that that isn't really the the case. I've had to learn my way through that. I'm I'm not as funny on stage as I, I like to think I am. So I'm having to learn about that. But Ashley, I know you've got some interesting points on, on comedy. What, how can we, what, what can we do about comedy to become better or more funny? Yeah. Well, I think it's just allowing your audience to shine. Like I don't, in my, in my shows with my audience, they don't laugh because of the jokes I tell them. They don't laugh because of the, the things that I script into my shows because I'm not a comedy magician. I don't have these preset things that I want to do and these funny tricks and funny, funny stuff. I, I, I just interact and, and I let my audience do something weird and then I bounce and riff off that. I I want to play with my audience. I open myself up. I don't stay on like a rigid script, a rigid routine. I have flexibility. And, and if something pops up, say, for example, someone sneezes someone's dog barks someone falls over someone's got a weird zoom background i'm gonna mention it i'm gonna talk with them i'm gonna i'm gonna get involved and then it goes back to that audience participation they're involved they're feeling relaxed as well and i think if you want to deliver a really strong show first of all you've got to win people over don't you you've got to have them a little bit more like oh no this this person is good then then you relax them down like, yeah, and then they expect it. Then they're in the mood for a good show. You can't just assume that people are going to walk into your theatre, walk into your, or sit down and watch your online show, or or even, I suppose, close up and just expect that they're going to enjoy it. They're going to expect that you're going to be good. You, you've got you've to bring them in. You've got to warm them up first, massage them into their card tricks, as it were. But it's getting people involved. And, and comedy, even a little funny line to make someone laugh, relax them down and then they're like oh okay you yeah, know this is this is great and then they're in the mood for the show but exactly as you've said Aiden I'm I'm not really funny but I've learned that just bouncing off people letting them shine do their little quirky things I can riff that in and for some reason 
audiences love it. <laughs> like, they just love the fact that I'm using them. I'm talking about them. They're involved and, and whatever happens if their dog barks and they're moaning at someone called Susan because she won't shut up on the phone in the background on the on the Zoom show. That seems to be funny. And it's just having that confidence to build it in. It's all I do. Hey there, guys. It's Aiden here from the Successful Mentalist podcast. Just interrupting for a quick second to say thanks for listening. No, of course, if you have just got a few moments, bring out your phones, whack the, the little subscribe button on. Um, yep, you know, the one that says subscribe, just press that button. And again, you're going to get updates from every time that we drop a new episode. You'll get those notifications straight into your mobile device or wherever you're listening to us. And again, it'll help boost our stats and get us out to more magicians and entertainers ac across the world, which is exactly what we want. Anyway, I'm going to leave you to go back to the podcast now. But make sure you subscribe. This is something connected to something that uh, we was talking to Colin Cloud about. And it's the fact that like hypnotists, for the most part, you don't really remember the hypnotist's name. You remember the people because the people have been made the star of the show. And it's the exact same thing when you're when you're looking at comedy. If uh, you, yes, you can train yourself up to be naturally funnier. You can write funnier scripts. You can write funnier material. You can naturally fuel it with comedy. However, the, and, and for me, this is the big eye-opening experience that kind of reshaped my understanding of comedy. Again, I've always been naturally funny. I'm, I'm usually competent enough to make people laugh in, in, in a lot of situations. But I, I, I let myself just do the work. And it turns out that, no, that's actually not good enough. Regardless of how funny you are or you think you are, there are there's much more that you could do. And one of the big things that shifted for me, I actually started studying comedy. I actually spent the time to go and study other comedians, comedians I liked, comedians I enjoyed, the science of comedy. Like I went to that level of, of stuff to actually understand why why comedy is a thing and why do people what do people find funny? Why is it funny? All of this stuff is really, really important. And if you can really put your attention, and this is really what we mean by refocusing your attention, it's not focusing on the tricks and adding more tricks and making your tricks better and doing better tricks. There's all the other stuff. It's the meta stuff that's going to build together. Obsess over public speaking. Obsess over comedy and embed and apply everything that you've got from those realms and put it into your magic and mentalism show. Suddenly, you're going to be a more... Uh, proficient public speaker you're going to be a more proficient at comedy and if you just want to tell stories if that's it you just want to tell stories study storytelling studying these other dimensions do so so much but with this said we're just given two examples here in terms of go study public speaking or go study comedy these are still things that we are in full control of in that we are the product of the studies. We are the product of what we we need to obsess over to deliver a strong high impact show. But there are some other things and other dynamics that we can actually embed and involve as well that aren't actually us, that aren't reliant on us and our, our ability. What, what other things are there, Ashley? Because I know we've been playing with a lot of them. Music. Music is one of the best ways to literally harness someone's emotion, get them excited, get them sad. Just to give you an example, my online show completely changed with simple use of music. I've not gone over the top with it, but boy, 
does that really help deliver? And I would say I have got one of those high impact, strong mentalism shows. Like I'm pretty sure the show I've got is is suited. And I'm pretty sure you've asked a question to us because you've seen my show and you're like, wow, that's good. And the reason why I think it works really well is because at the beginning I use these very just like ominous sounds. So people come into the waiting room watching this Zoom show and they're like, whoa, this is uneasy, a little bit scary. And it sets the scene perfectly. So when I come out, there's an element of mystery already there. They're already captivated just from what? A little bit of music. And at the end of the show, I'm I'm doing this big finale. All I'm doing is a silly little confabulation routine at the end of the day, Aiden. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing complex about the trick I'm doing there. But I've got this, like, really high-energy piece of music which kind of fades in. And then as soon as the beat drops, I've got this graphic which comes up at the end. The music's going up loud. And just the music in itself, you listen to it and you feel really pumped. Now imagine that with me like, oh my god, thank you so much for coming this evening, guys. Thank you for thinking of this, this, this. And in the envelope, it shows that you would think of this, this, this. Thank you for coming. Good night. That is very high impact and like energetic for me. And people are like, wow, that's good. But whack, whack on top of that, the really like explosive music, which really helps set the scene. And people can't help but find themselves... And you see it in the videos of my online show. People sit on the edge of the seats and they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And they feel the energy, their side of their, their computer, and they literally bang and explode. People clapping and cheering. And half of it is the energy from me and half of it is the energy from the music really helping up that. And it takes a real simple, silly little trick, a confabulation routine that we all know. And it makes it into something so powerful. I leave on a massive high. And most of that is down to literally the music choice that I've put in. But for those that don't want to go to the to the full extent of massive overload or energy overload, because some, for some people, like myself included, I, I don't think I'd ever end uh, a show. I, I've tried to end a show with high energy and all that kind of stuff. And the truth is, I, I just, although I did it and like the audience felt it, it it wasn't quite right in that sense. It didn't feel right because I'd had a sustained energy throughout the show and they needed a bit of variety, like we spoke about last week. So if people don't want to do that, what, what else can they do? Well, if you, it depends what you're doing. For me, I'm finishing a show with like high energy, so I choose a piece of high energy music. What happens if you're finishing the show showing something beautiful and, and precious and, and delicate? Now you're going to find a piece of music which is beautiful, precious and delicate because it, it suits. You're not going to have my heavy pendulum drum and bass music playing as you're doing a, a beautiful little routine with glass balls or something, are you? It's going to be like people are going to be sat there like, I feel the energy from the music, but I'm a little bit confused here. And then you've lost them. You've no longer got that high impact show because it's not hitting home. If anything, you've confused your audience. They're like, I don't understand. It's, it's choosing music which suits you your routines what it is that you want your audience to feel if you know what you want them to feel with the routines then you can find a piece of music for that which means that it it brings out that emotion a bit more and it helps them feel it understand it and and the auditory experience just makes them like wow so any any mood but it starts by identifying that mood doesn't it it really does if you know the mood that you're going for 
then that's in and of itself a game changer. And if you're not somebody that obsesses over music on a on a tiny little microscopic level, that's fine. If you can at least be able to pair certain emotions with the music and think if you listen, start listening to more music and start listening to more sounds as well, not just music, but if you can explore sounds and soundtracks for movies and and expand your awareness over what it is that you're actually listening to, you can start pairing your emotions and your thought processes alongside these pieces of music. And then when you pair these emotions and these thought processes alongside these pieces of music, you can then connect them to the emotions and the thought processes that you're going through and the purpose behind the routines in your show. But if you're not actually out of that level yourself, don't feel pressured to go and have to study loads and loads and loads of music. Just find somebody that is naturally more musical in that sense. Go and work with a theatrical director, somebody who is much more um, into the world of that. Go and Here's an idea. Go and find musicians. Go and network with other musicians. Go and connect with other musicians. Go and connect with other artists and other people that know their stuff. Because then you can go to them with this idea and say, hey, I'm looking for this. What do you think fits? And you're getting it from the right people. You're getting the information from the right people. This is exactly what I do. I'm not the best at finding music for my shows or trailers or when I'm editing a video. But Aiden, I know you are, which is why you get loads of messages from me saying, hey, Aiden, what are your thoughts on this? You know, having someone that's a little bit more experienced in this field is fantastic. And and once you do find that person, if you're not good at it yourself, then they can really make sure to find a the best fit of music for that performance and and really you can do anything and it's it's genuinely i would say if i had to choose anything out of what we're talking about or what we have spoken about that i would use and and if i had to choose amongst any other tips it would honestly be the music i remember another example aiden i was doing a silly boring little card trick i filmed it and i put it on my youtube video a few months back and it was a, a trick called i think like cheek to cheek or triumph or whatever the hell it's called Silly little thing. But I added a, some really soft, beautiful piano music over the top of it. And I had someone message me back saying they saw it online and they cried. They cried from a card trick. Can we just appreciate that? They cried from watching some pieces of paper. But it was so beautiful. And that's because it's 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 high impact. It's, it's, it's emotional. It's, it's beautiful. And, and they felt that. Yeah, I, I, I want to just jump in there because I, I don't particularly resonate with something that you just said. And it, it's not that, that like I don't think we should ever be downplaying our audience's emotional experience over what it is that we're doing. Um, so in that extent, there they cried over not pieces of paper because that's not what they cried over. They, they didn't cry over the pieces of paper. They didn't cry over the card trick. They didn't cry over that. They cried over the experience and the emotional impact that you gave to them. We need to be so clear on that. Um, I, I felt like I, that needed to be to be brought up because it, it's not a downplaying their experience. It's a valid, a beautiful experience. And that is what you should be going for. That should be the focus of the magic. That should be the North Star, the pointing direction. What are you trying to do with this? Bam elicit that emotional experience and every time somebody then watches that video and doesn't get that emotional experience why and that's how you can start improving and that's really how you get a strong high impact show or or even just a trick or a routine it's obsessing over the small details so much so 
that they just become automatic behaviors and and your show will grow exponentially when you start obsessing over the small details and not just obsessing yourself either like we can sit and think about one specific piece of sleight of hand for weeks upon weeks we can we can do that that's easy but being able to go out there and test it go out there and see it go out there and actually get feedback from not only other performers but audiences and different scenarios that is when we're going to start getting the valuable feedback and we can start really honing in on the little details so i'm conscious we've spoken an awful lot about music at this point but and there are a few other things that we can actually embed in terms of making a strong high impact show that that we don't control and the next logical follow-on is if you're if you're using music well chances are it's not going to be that much of a stretch especially in online shows to actually showing videos so ashley i know you've actually got um some experience with this in your shows i'm yet to actually include a video in my performances but you've been doing a lot of video work in your online shows could you perhaps elaborate on a little bit of that Mm -hmm. well it goes back to a, a point that i actually made right at the beginning of this podcast doesn't it about why should people actually give a damn watching you why should why should they care watching you like we, we spoke a lot about making people relax feel confident in you as an entertainer and, and that's why i use videos in my online show when i start an online show i play a little reel showing that wow this this person looks really interesting really cool i'm not doing any tricks in that if anything it's a bit of b-roll of, of me walking and a few tricks with a voiceover of myself but it's really hypey and it's really like oh my gosh he's coming he's coming Ashley's coming and it builds that excitement level and it's something really interesting well put together and it's not like um this is a this is an important thing with video production i think it's got to be put together well doesn't it because if it looks sloppy and if it looks like you've just kind of made it on windows media player and you've you've bodged it together then if anything that's going to have a negative impact because <laughs> if you're trying to do what i say show people that you're good and that they should pay attention to you and care and get ready for this great grand show if anything if you show them a dodgy little video from the start they're gonna go oh i'm i'm not too sure actually now and you've put them off more than when they came to the show so it's got to be well put together polished and looking decent and, and i literally just have it at the beginning of my show to show people who might have never seen me before wow okay i need to pay attention okay this person must be interesting i'm excited for this i literally get them feeling that straight away and then i come on it's just a it looks cool it's that added bit of kind of like extra technical value there it's that production value isn't it but really it's getting people excited it's getting people excited before i come on and just say hello it's going beyond and and actually gathering people's attention first of all all of this stuff is is so important to consider and this is we've really just scratched the surface in terms of what is truly possible in terms of like it building a stronger high impact show i mean one of the things that i'm working on right now is actually building in more stories and more narrative into my show because i'm confident enough that i've, I've got good varied shows that's what i've that's the one thing that i've been obsessing over 
relentlessly over the past sort of five years. I've never done the same show twice. And in fairness, I've never done the same stage routine twice because I've been trying new things, uh, rapidly adjusting absolutely everything as much as I possibly could to test the varied nature of my, my, my shows in that sense. So now I've got a, an understanding in terms of what I feel works for me and my audiences. I'm going to build that into a show. But the one thing I'm trying to lock down really now is is actually a narrative and not just any old narrative a narrative that actually uses things like music and a real the real power of storytelling to my advantage so that my audiences come into my shows and they come out having like changed that is the big difference for me i don't want to just have my audience come in and watch a magic show i want them to come in and have changed in some way as a result whether that's them learning something, whether that's an insight that they've had, whether that is just they've... I, I don't know yet. I don't know, and I can't share that with you because that's still something that I'm actually working on. And for me, like the easiest way to actually make that decision was to just say, okay, what if I stopped calling it a, a show? What if I just flat out stopped calling it a show? What would happen? What would I have to call it instead? And I thought, well, I'll call it an experience. And we'll just see where that lands. And whether you call your show an experience or not, just asking yourself, does this live up to the label of experience? Is this an experience or is this just a show? That in and of itself is enough to make me personally want to strive for bigger, strive for better, strive for deeper, strive for broader, strive for richer experiences. And to put it bluntly, if, if I was if I was being completely honest about my approach to this, Rick, I don't think I've got the I, I don't think I've earned the right yet to to have a strong high impact mentalism show. And I I mean that, I genuinely do not think that I have obsessed over the details for long enough to have a high impact mentalism show. I, I could do a good mentalism show, like a really good mentalism show. I'm confident with that. But whether it's a strong, high impact, and again, we're going to measure this in different ways. You'll measure it completely different to me. I'll measure it completely different to you and Ashley. And Ashley will measure it differently to every other person. And, and that's just the nature of the, the subject, the subjective nature of the art, if you like. But I, I really just don't think I've earned the right to have that show. Have I obsessed over the details for long enough for it to pull through you talk to any of the the top professionals in magic and mentalism and you will find the one recurring theme is that they obsess over the smallest details so if you want a strong high impact mentalism show earn the right to that strong high impact mentalism show what have you done personally that will actually give you the rewards what will what have you done that will allow you to have this show for your audience because it's all well and good that we could sit and say oh yeah do a very show have your nice structure like this and and do all of this stuff that we spoke about in the last episode but have you obsessed over it enough and if not that's a bloody good place to start in my eyes that's that's what i'm doing you know what i love throughout these two episodes it would have been such an easy cop-out for us to say, Rick, you want a strong, high-impact show that's not boring, not repetitive? Have you looked at the tricks? Can you, can you, can you add in this other trick which you can buy off this website? Can you, can you maybe adjust a trick like this? But as you've heard, as you've seen, 
if you actually want the real answer to that question, well, it's in every single thing that we've shared, and it's outside of the trick, it's outside of the magic. I couldn't give a damn what tricks I do in my show. I could go on and do my psychic sponge ball routine. Continuity there for anyone that uh, was very early at listening to the TSM podcast. But I could literally go out and do sponge balls as a psychic and people would be like, oh my gosh, so captivated, so involved. And it would be, in my opinion, a really strong show because I'm using every single thing that we've mentioned throughout to get people involved paying attention to get them actually caring giving a damn i know what i'm supposed to be doing for them i know what the whole purpose is i know what my character is i've got the public speaking skills i'm using the music the technical all this stuff added together i've literally whacked it in to make sure that the silly little tricks i do give a whole amazing experience which people will just wow enjoy we said it time and time again, you know, this is what we say on the TSM podcast. This is why we rarely speak about tricks, because there's so much more important stuff out there to look at. You want to do a good trick? Learn how to present it properly. Learn the other skills that come within. Then you can do anything. You could be more of a, an entertaining... Heck, I'll say it. You could deliver this high-impact, strong show, Rick, that's not boring, not repetitive, and every damn trick could go wrong in it. If you nailed every other one of these points, because people would still be entertained, would still give a damn. Yeah, they might go away and be like, well, <laughs> he sucks at magic, but at least they'd be captivated and like enthralled by all of this. Like these other things are so crucial. And I, I've really enjoyed learning about them over my time in performing. Do you know the beauty of all of this? Is that however much you think you know, it's just a fraction of what's out there. It, it's a commitment to a lifelong obsession. I want to I wanna be obsessing over music a hundred times more than I am now in 20 years easily because that's when I know I'm in the right place. And, that, and if you're not operating from that mindset right now, that long-term mindset, then, well, just get yourself there i think I, I really can't say anything else but just get yourself into that mindset play big and, and really go for it because if you if you want a good show go and hunt down that good show because you're more than capable earn the right to it earn the right to the show that really is it earn the right why should they care and then earn it find out why and then do everything you possibly can to earn it that's it. Simple two steps. That's how you write a strong, high-impact mentalism show, Rick, that is uh, not redundant and repetitive. I think we found it. Is that the solution? And there we have it. That's uh, that's the big solution to your qu question, Rick. Hopefully you found some value actually across these two episodes. And if anybody else has found value in these episodes, by all means, reach out. But I know we've said look outside of the tricks and look at all this other stuff. If you do want to learn about the tricks, you are more than welcome to come along to our live lecture series called All About the Tricks. Um, I feel really awkward in, in doing this plug at the end here. It's uh, it's quite amusing. But we've got our next All About the Tricks actually happening in just a couple of weeks uh, with the legendary Phil Smith. And what's amazing about these specific All About the Tricks lectures is that we don't just teach the tricks. We teach all of this other stuff as well. Our lecturers, the guest lecturers, as they come in, we know, we we tell them, we're not just here to teach some tricks. If you want to just 
shovel your tricks out, go to another company. Here, we're after the deeper thinking, the psychology around it, all of these other little meta skills. And you bring all of this together, you get a really powerful routine, which is basically my way of saying obsess over the tricks as well. And come along to the All About the Trick series. You can find more at thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash lectures. You can again check the show notes for that. But with that said, leave us uh, ratings and reviews and do all that stuff. Insert YouTuber jazz here. And we'll catch you next week for another special guest episode of the TSM podcast. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.